0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we, as actual children of God, are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff podcast. This is Daryl Boucher, and uh, we are... Uh, uh, Session number four Is what we're on With this vision and passion Just talking about How to ignite vision Ignite passion On the inside of us So that we stop living From obligation and duty And uh, and I, I, I know one of the biggest things right now is, is a lot of people just don't know how to ignite those things. When we were getting into it last time. Uh, if you haven't listened to the other ones, I really encourage you to go back and listen because we, we've been getting into just ways to activate the vision in our life. And, and there's some simple things that we can do to, to get into the environment where we hear the voice of God, where we, where we know the vision that God has talked to uh, is, is calling us to walk in and everything and to live with purpose and destiny and passion. And, uh, We live in a world that that will try to squash that and squeeze it out of you. So we need to purpose to do these things. We need to actively uh, 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 engage with an environment that is rich with uh, the purpose of God and the passion of God. And honestly, you know, even if you're right in the middle of doing his purpose and his passion, what happens sometimes is we get in the middle of it, and honestly, it requires some work. And so uh, we can lose sight of the vision. We can lose sight of that passion even while doing the work of God. And so I, I just want you to, to be encouraged that— uh, as we keep our heart, you know, reignited with those areas, you know, just of of the presence of God and the 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 curiosities of God in our heart, this is where things remain uh, uh, just uh, rejuvenated on the inside of us. This is where we 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 don't grow weary in well doing, and the Bible says. He tell, tells us very specifically, don't grow weary in well doing, because if 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 we don't, you know, faint, then we're going to reap. But that also means that we can grow weary in well doing. That well doing itself will not will not strengthen us. Well doing by itself is not enough. We have to purpose not to grow weary in the well doing, and so. In that, though, uh, it has to do with, once again, b- living with passion every day, living with purpose every day, realizing that, you know, we shouldn't just be going through the doldrums of, of like, oh, we're at another Monday, at another Tuesday, at another Friday, whatever. This should be where we're stewarding the kingdom of God every day with passion, with joy, with fervency. We should be a fervent people. We should be fervently loving one another, fervently doing the will of God. We should be the happiest people on the planet, by far, like people should look at us and literally say, "I don't understand what kind of joy that is." I'm a happy person, but that person has a different level than I've ever seen because we should be literally stewarding heaven's joy into the earth. And so, uh, with that, though, uh, I just want to get into this r- real quickly. I want to wrap this 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 uh, series up uh, today, and we've been talking about just, looks at just different tools that we can do to get into. Uh, an awareness of the passion and the, and the definition of vision in our life. And there's a lot more we can get into. I'm, not, I'm just kind of scratching the surface on this stuff, but I want you to ignite these things. Now, what I want to get into today is kind of the, the, the enemy of those things. And we have obviously mentioned that, that daily requirements and obligations can definitely tear us down. But one of the other things that can tear us down is just, you know, th- that, that, the, like I said the 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 growing weary and well doing where we're doing what we believe we're supposed to be doing, but we end up getting into cycles. And and the cycles are uh, man, a cyclical lifestyle is that lifestyle that just repeats a pattern over and over again where we just don't see what we're supposed to be seeing. And uh, because we're not designed to walk in cycles, we're designed to walk in seasons. Seasons are where you're always, seasons are, are times where you're busy, but you're always seeing growth. You're planting something, you're growing something, you're harvesting something. You're always seeing something happening that's new and fresh, you know? And and even though, the, even though uh, seasons repeat themselves, you know obviously you know right now we're in fall right now here in Colorado and so man the, the the trees are gorgeous you know and it's just it's just a really pretty time and of course there's getting to be a little bit of a nip in the air and these are things we can expect because the seasons are changing and the seasons are similar every year right so you see a similar pattern happening but it's not a cycle because the difference is with a cycle you you, you go through the same patterns but there's no growth in a, in a cycle you think there's gonna be a harvest, but then there's no harvest, and you go right back to the beginning of the cycle again. And so you 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 might be sowing things and growing things, but you're never reaping anything. And so so if you if you are if you end up in those cycles where there's no actual harvest, then there's no excitement in sowing anything, and there's no excitement in growing anything if you are, I've been here a thousand times before. You've heard the same things. You've heard the prophecies. You've 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 read the word. You've heard the good teaching. You've had you know you've had the power of God. You've seen the you've seen miracles even. But when you just don't see the harvest, it can, it can wear at you. And that way that what happens is you don't plant the seed with the same zeal. You don't you don't you don't watch the thing grow up with the same zeal because you don't even expect a harvest anymore after a while. You're just like, oh yeah, same old plant, same old seed, no harvest. And you go right back in the same cycle. And so this can squash the the zeal and the passion that we're supposed to be living with every day. And I believe one of the best uh, examples of that in the Word is Joshua, right? Because Joshua, we know that Joshua and Caleb were the only two of his generation. There were others that were younger than him, but there were there there. But they were the only two of his generation that came through the wilderness and entered in the promised land, right? And so they were in the in the wilderness for forty years but they were in a cyclical pattern for 40 years. And so they're did and wear out praise God. They saw the miracles of God. They saw the cloud by day, the fire by night. You know, they saw uh, their their enemies defeated. You know, they they had they had cool victories. They they saw, you know, miracles all over the place, you know. They 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 had quail, they had all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, and, and literally, like I said, their enemy was defeated before them, but they were still in cycles. And so that, that once, and I'm not going to get into this very much, but that tells me that that the enemy isn't the one that has the power to keep you in a cycle. Okay. Uh, d- don't blame the enemy for the cycles that we're in. We can't do that. The the Israel were, the the enemy was defeated, and they they came out of Egypt. It says they they had all the riches of Egypt. Egypt was like the most wealthy pla- most wealthy country on the planet, and they they had all their wealth, so they were the wealthiest people on the planet. And it says not one feeble was among them. They were supernaturally all healed. So they had they had wealth, they had health, and they had their 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 enemy was defeated before them, and they. Had miracles every day. They had the manna from heaven. They had the, the cloud by day, the fire by night. They had direction from God every day. They 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 had all these things going on, but they were still in a cyclical pattern. And so, I don't. I just say that because I don't want us to pray or think that if only the enemy, you know, if only we had a victory over the enemy, then our cycles would stop. Yeah, that's not necessarily true. If only we had more of the direction of God, cycles would stop. Now, it's not necessarily true. They had direction. They had the f- the fire and the cloud every day. If only we had uh, you know, the prosperity of God, cycles would stop. Not true. They had prosperity with cycles. If only we had da da dot dot dot, whatever you want to call it, and and whatever we're, we're blaming the cycles on, we need to realize, no, the cycles are coming out of our heart. That's where they're coming. And and it doesn't mean we need to be ashamed, doesn't mean we need to be condemned, or we don't need to to villainize ourselves or be a victim to these things it just means we need to be real about it and 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 realize what the word says the word says that that uh, in in Hebrews chapter three it says that the people in the wilderness were of an evil heart of unbelief and they didn't enter into rest and therefore their carcasses fell in the wilderness and and so he's saying their relationship with rest their relationship with the word their relationship with God that's what kept them in the cycles okay and so we need to uh we need to change uh our relationship with rest with the word with with God and and break those cycles and get into seasons again okay and man I'll I'll get into it. I'll I'll get that in. Get more details into that another time. But I want to more. I want to focus more on the. Um the fact that those cycles are what can cause us to lose our zeal. The cycles are, we'll, we'll try to steal our passion, the cycles. And like I said, we can even be doing the right things. We can grow weary in well-doing. We can be doing the right things. We can literally be sewing and, and, and we can be growing things up, but we won't have the zeal t- that's, that's, that's designed to be attached to it. And so, um, there's something that happens, and and like you know, if if you can get into one of my teachings on the podcast or whatever about joy, joy is such a powerful spiritual force. If we lose our joy, um if the devil can steal our joy, he 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 can have our strength. And uh, and so it, 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 that means that we can just be doing the same old things in a routinely manner, and even though they're spiritual things if it's coming from routine and not joy, it, there's no strength. We're not actually infusing strength into that. And that's we're not supposed to be doing things just to get a byproduct. We're supposed to be doing things to infuse the nature of God that's in us into those things. And so when we do things, we're supposed to be doing things with strength. We're not just doing things because we're like, well, if I do this, this will happen. No, I, I'm doing these things to actually real know who I am in the situation, and I'm stewarding and ruling and reigning as a king. And so i I'm stewarding the nature of God into that as I'm doing it. So if I am not doing it with, with with joy, I'm not doing it with strength, and I'm limiting what's going to happen because there's no joy tied to it. But anyway, the the it's the cycles that will sometimes squash us, uh, squash our zeal, squash our joy, squash our passion, and this is why when it, when. With Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, he's about to take the people of Israel across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land after 40 years of cycles. And one of the things you see here in Joshua chapter 1, and I won't read, obviously, all this whole thing, but I would I would recommend you reading just the first chapter. It's a really cool chapter, just like all the other chapters in the Bible are. Uh, but he God makes this statement. And he says this like three different times in the first chapter. But he says in verse 9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And so, this is this is like the third time God has told him you need to be strong and courageous. Uh, he goes because you're about to enter into a transition period. You're about to transition from cycles into ownership and seasons. You're supposed to. You're about to transition from a refugee mindset from where your people who are rescued by God. And now you're just kind of in this in this state of being rescued by God, but not really having, you know, your, your feet under you yet, not really taking ground, not really establishing things yet. See, that's where a lot of Christians are right now. Right. They, they know they're rescued by God. They've been delivered, but they're in a refugee mindset where they're like displaced and they, they know they're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore, but they're not taking ground for the kingdom of God. They're not walking with purpose and passion, and that's what we're talking about. And so so he's going, you're about to make a transition from this cyclical pattern of being rescued but not having influence on the earth, which is where a lot of Christians are, to literally shifting over to being the, the people of God, to actually establishing things, to tearing down strongholds, to actually to, to, to putting roots down in the earth for the name of God himself. You're about to do that. And there's a transition period here. And like I said last time, pay attention to the details when there's transition going on. There's a lot of details in chapters 1 through 3 of Joshua that have to do with the transition. And I encourage you to go back through these things. But what I want to focus on here is just, he says, be strong and have a good courage. So he says, "What what's lacking, what's going to actually hinder you is a perception of weakness and discouragement. The opposite of strength is weakness, and the opposite of, uh, of of courage is discouragement. Okay, It's not lack of bravery, it's discouragement. And so he says, here's the two things that you're going to have to lean into in a very purposeful way is you're going to have to draw up out of the inside of you the strength of God that's on the inside of you and the courage of God that literally says things are supposed to change because I'm here. That's what courage says. Courage says, yeah, the situation might look nasty. The situation, there might be giants here. There might be all kinds of things going on. But courage says, but it's supposed to change because I'm here. OK, discouragement says no matter what I do, it's never going to change. See, that's what discouragement is. Discouragement walks into a situation going, well, it doesn't matter what I do. It just doesn't matter, I guess, whatever, you know, discouragement and, and discouragement and disappointment. Those are two things where you don't you, 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 you where you feel like it's always going to be the same and then you don't feel like you have an appointment in that area. That's what disappointment is. And they, they, they're like they're like Siamese twins, right? Discouragement and disappointment. You get disappointed and and you get disappointed enough times and you begin to think, I'm not appointed to be in that situation. I'm not appointed to actually carry anything into that situation. I'm not appointed to carry the anointing into that situation because it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. So my appointment not, must, not, must not be there like I thought it was. See, that's disappointment. Well, it, it what it does is it fuels discouragement so that we, we start thinking, well, it's just never going to change. Why? Why even bother? It's never going to change. And so here, God is telling Joshua, there's two things that you need to lean into because these are the two things that those cycles have tried to squash out of you. The two things that try the 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 the, the, the cycles try to squash out of us are the perception of strength. He doesn't tell Joshua how to be strong. He just be, he, he didn't say become strong. He says, be strong, be very strong, be very courageous. He says, I've commanded you, be strong. He didn't say become strong. He didn't say get strong. He didn't even say get stronger. He says, no, you be strong. And, and when God says stuff like that, what he's saying is, you already have it on the inside of you. I'm not telling you how to do it because you have the nature to do it on the inside of you. You have the nature to draw this out of you. And so he goes, right now, man, just activate what's on the inside of you. Activate strength. It's on the inside of you right now. It didn't go away. It didn't lessen. It just got covered up by a bunch of of cycles. Okay. But what we have to do is the moment we ignite that thing, the moment that we pursue that, man, all those cycles are just, it'll just fall away. Praise God, like scales. And suddenly it'll be like, okay, no, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might praise God. And, and that's why the Bible says, you know, in, in, in Philippians, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong. It doesn't say become strong. It doesn't say get stronger. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. When he doesn't tell us how to do it, it's because we have the nature to do it. It's already on the inside of us. Praise God. Now, so many times we're trying to figure out how to do something instead of just being that, instead of just humbling ourselves and saying, okay, if I don't know how to do it, and God's telling me how to do it, it's because I carry that nature, and what I have to activate is is humility to that nature. Because right now, my experience is telling me I'm not that. The circumstance is telling me I'm not that. My mind is telling me I'm not that. So what I have to do is I have to humble myself to truth and allow truth to make me free from those perceptions and say the truth is I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I'll allow that truth to be my reality. And, and when you actually humble yourself... It says he gives grace to the humble, and he exalts us, right? And so he exalts us past all those perceptions, and now we can actually walk in the thing we're designed to walk in, which is strength and courage. And so he tells Joshua here, if you want to take the step from just walking in cycles to walking in destiny— lean into strength which is the awareness of resource the awareness of of you know literally being stronger than the situation the awareness of have of the greater one on the inside of you than he that's in the world that awareness man just magnify god on the inside of you and 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 as you're doing that um just humble yourself to who you are in it i say this all the time find your place within that though don't just say well I know it's God in me and he's, he's the, he's the stronger one. He is, but you're worthy to have him in you. You are designed to have him in you. It's unjust for him to be anywhere, but in you, you know, you are his child. You carry his DNA. You carry, you know, his, you're a partaker of his divine nature. And we have, to, we have to man up sometimes and say, hey, I am in the situation. Yes, God is in me. He's the one doing all of the work. But I am a co laborer with him, and I'm designed to walk in strength. As strong as he is, that's how strong I am. Because I'm in his likeness and his image. And that was his design from the beginning, it was to make us in his likeness and his image. But humility is required to, to squash the perceptions that the cycle has tried to portray of us and to take on the identity that God says we are in the situation. And so he's telling Joshua here, be strong, be of good courage. And uh, he says, be strong and very courageous. And this is about taking on an identity of those things and not just an attribute of those things. This is literally about saying, well, I feel strong right now. It doesn't matter what you feel. Well, I feel really courageous. doesn't matter how you feel. Your identity is who you are. So I, I, I don't, I don't identify with strength because I feel strong. I don't identify with courage because I feel courageous. I identify with it because it's my identity, okay? And so, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if it doesn't matter how how I feel, you know, I, I have to humble myself to who I am. And the word of God tells me who I am it is the mirror that I look in and it tells me my natural face it tells me who I am according to the word of God now um you know just even part of this in a New Testament light uh you know I just kind of want to wrap this up is is, is really uh, Paul said this in in first Corinth excuse me first Timothy chapter 4 as well as second Timothy chapter one He tells Timothy to do something and he tells Timothy in both of those texts to stir up the gift of God in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 excuse me, first Timothy four, trying to get it out here. First Timothy four, he says to that, to stir up that gift. And he says, don't neglect the gift of God that was given to you by, by the laying on, on hands of the presbytery of the elders. He goes, I laid my hands on you and there was something imparted into you. And, um, he goes, so don't neglect that gift. He goes, but give yourself wholly to it. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to the gift. And and he goes, and you're going to prosper and the people around you are going to prosper and all these things are going to happen if you give yourself wholly to these things. And and in 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 he says, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear but a power, love, and of a sound mind. He goes, but what's going to overcome any fear is by stirring up the gift on the inside of you. And it doesn't, you didn't need hands to be laid on you. You had the holy spirit breathe on the inside of you when you got born again and if you're filled with the holy spirit then you have the holy spirit working on the inside of you doing all kinds of things and so we need to stir up that gift and realize that when god created us he made us fearfully and wonderfully made us in the secret place and he called us and ordained us in that time and he equipped us in that time and so if if i'm going to actually begin to walk in vision and in passion the problem is not that that I uh, said there's a generation right now that literally has has less passion and less vision than i've ever seen before the younger generation right now i've never seen a generation like this that has so little vision and passion and yeah i mean you can look at that as a bad thing but what the way i look at it is that it's because what they're called to do looks so so different than what's happening on the world in the world that they can't find their vision, their passion anywhere on this earth. They can't find it anywhere, and so they, they they're kind of at a place where we just don't even know where to find it. We don't know where how to get vision and how to get passion, and it's because it looks so much like heaven that the, the this earth looks so much like anti-heaven right now. It looks so much the opposite of heaven right now that they can't find even a remote glimpse of their vision or the passion on the earth. But all we have to do is stir up the gift. That's what we have to do. And and the the word says when we when we when we hear the word and we don't do it we'll forget what manner of man we are. But if we do it then we'll actually activate what manner of man we are. So I just want to encourage you if if like I said if you go back through these these sessions, you know, activate that curiosity, come against the routines of things, come against the the the, the sabotages of your past that try to tell you that you need to be discouraged or you that you're just maybe not appointed for higher things. No, you are appointed to change the world. You're Appointed and the only reason why you're on the earth is to change the world. And I know people go, well, you know, that just means me and my family. You could pray from your kitchen and you could change the whole nation of Ethiopia. You know what I'm saying? You can pray and, and oh, my goodness, we can change the world no matter where we are. But we have to engage with the Spirit of God and with the gifts of God. And, and right in the middle of well-doing, my goodness, there's a trap in the middle of well-doing that will cause us to grow weary. And I just want to invigorate you right now and say, okay, if, if you're growing weary and well-doing, then stir up the gift of God. Stir up the joy of God. Get in the presence of God where there's joy un, unspeakable and full of glory. Make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing it from a place of joy. You're doing it from a place of rest. You're doing it from the completed work, from the finished work. You're not having to complete something on this earth. You're simply manifesting a completed thing in heaven into the earth. And when we understand that we're doing it from a completed work, then we take all the pressure off and we realize, oh, this is just God working through us. And so I just want to encourage you right now. Let's just stir up the gift of God. And 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 when Paul says that, once again, he doesn't give any instructions. He just says just stir it up. You know, just activate it. Get into a realm. Begin to speak. Begin to speak from heaven. Don't don't allow your mind to speak. Allow your heart to speak. That's how you got saved. That's how we get healed. That's how we do everything else. We we believe and we speak from our heart. That's what we do. And as we do that, it'll stir up the gift of God. And honestly, in that in in that environment of that gift being stirred up, in the environment where we are engaging with curiosity, in the environment where we're where we're accessing uh, strength and we're coming against discouragement, and all that—that's where the vision and the passion of God will resound in your heart, and it'll be so big that don't squash it, just let God be so big and just say, okay, just like Mary, say, you know what, I don't know how this is gonna be, but let it be according to your word, Lord. So Father, right now, we thank you for your word and we thank you, Lord God, for the vision, the passion that you've given us. We thank you, Lord God, for the destiny that you've called us to. And we just thank you right now, Lord. We're here to change the world and we will do nothing less. We will finish our course with joy, praise God, and the ministry that you've given us, as Paul said. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.